Hi, guys. I just have something to tell you real quick before we start the episode. You are going to love today's special episode, but I did want to warn you that there is some adult language, there's some adult themes. We discuss private body parts very frankly, and this probably isn't an episode that you want to listen to around your young kids. So just a warning on that. Enjoy the episode. You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my girlfriends and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I am your host. And today I have the biggest treat for you guys. I'm so excited to tell you that today I am interviewing Abby Jimenez. Abby was the star of episode number 40, which has recently pulled into the number one position for the most downloaded fancy free episodes. We have over 80 and Abby's story telling me about her poison control call after her husband mistakenly overdosed himself on X-Lax is officially fancy free's most popular episode. And if you have not heard it, you have got to go get episode 40. We had such a deep and meaty conversation about other things too that I ended up making a bonus episode with the rest of our conversation. And in bonus number eight, we talked about how to use criticism for productivity. And that's a really good one too, you guys. Abby is so many things that let me just see if I can organize it inside my head. So she recently moved from California to Minnesota. She is a Cupcake Wars champion. She owns Nadia Cakes Bakeries in California and in Minnesota. And you guys, she has written three books now, or maybe even four. We'll get more into details about that. She, I think she might have another one in her back pocket. But she has published two best-selling books that are two of my favorite books of all time. And you guys, I hadn't read them when I interviewed Abby last time. I'd only started The Friend Zone, but I definitely got some sleep deprivation over The Friend Zone. And then right away, because I was late to the party, I was able to read the Happy Ever After playlist, which is kind of a sequel to The Friend Zone, but standalone. And now she's getting ready to publish Life's Too Short, which I have had the honor of reading a galley copy. And you guys, I'm like, I got to go because I'm in the middle of reading this book. And I don't know how my family is going to get fed or anything, but I got to finish this book. And I tried to finish it before our conversation today, and I just didn't have time. So I have been cram reading. I've been ignoring my family. And uh, that, that's only a temporary problem. But anyway, Abby lives in Minnesota with her husband and her daughters. She has a hilarious best friend who plays all kinds of crazy pranks on her, and she is the most fun person to follow on Facebook you will ever follow. Abby, thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah. I had so much fun the last time when you emailed me and you were like, you want to do it again? I was like, yeah, I want to do it again. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys, Abby and I were cry laughing. We were blowing our noses. You have to go back and listen. We just had so much fun in that conversation. How's your husband doing? How's his GI tract? Healthier than ever, I hope. He's doing well. He'll be so happy to know that his story is the number one podcast for you. (laughs) You making fun of him is... Right at the top. He had such a good attitude about all that. Well, you said that he was kind of a private person to the place where he doesn't even have an online persona at all. And he let you tell the story, which I think just speaks to what an amazing man he is. (laughs) Yeah, I could not believe he let me tell that story. Honestly, I could not believe he let me do it. (laughs) So cute. Did you see those pictures where I got him to dress up as one of the characters from Step Brothers with my (laughs) husband? No. Um, Oh, I did see those. I did, but it's been a while. (laughs) 
Yeah. So if you, if you guys want to see what my husband looks like, he actually let me share these photos, even though he's super, super private, because he, I made him shave his beard and I made oh, him put on a wig. That's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't really look like himself. <laughs> my best friend and I had this crazy idea. We like to do these awkward photo shoots. Like one time we did these photo shoots where we were dressed up like designing women. And then we did this other one where we were ice skaters and we just did this one where we did 1980s prom and we told our husbands they had to be our prom dates. So we got them mullets and <laughs> like, these like huge glasses and my husband had this huge porn stash and we took these really hilarious 1980s prom photos. And then after the prom photos, we had this other idea that we wanted them to dress up and reenact the picture that's on the jacket cover of the movie Step Brothers, you mm-hmm. know, with Will Ferrell. Yes. <laughs> so we made our husbands shave their beards because both of our husbands have beards and then dress up like these two characters and pose for the cover of Step Brothers. And our husbands had only just met like the day before. <laughs> and so <laughs> for the first time ever, because Lindsay and I, we've been friends for like, God, 13 years now, but we've always lived in different states. When we met, we yeah. lived in the same state, but our husbands never met back then. And then I want to say like a year and a half into our friendship, she moved to Indiana where she is now. And then like a year or two after she moved, I moved. So okay. now I'm in Minnesota and she's in Indiana. And you know, I would go visit her or she would come visit me, but we were never all together at the same time. So we're trying to convince our husbands that they need to pose in this really intimate photo where like, Lindsay's husband has his hands on my husband's shoulder, <laughs> like their faces are right <laughs> next to each other. And we're, we convince them to do it by telling them that the other one is really excited for it. So Lindsay's over here like, oh yeah, he can't wait. He's so excited. And I'm telling him that Steve is going to be so disappointed if you don't do this. He's really looking forward to it. So we, we got these amazing photos of our husbands like dressed. Up, I mean, and it is exact. Like we set their fingers exactly the right way and it's hilarious. So <laughs> if you would like to see what oh my Mr. Gosh, yes. looks Please. Like, I will link to it in the show notes. <laughs> yes, we'll, do that. we'll link to it because the photos are hilarious. Like the prom photos are hilarious and these post photos are hilarious. But anyway, my husband, going back to the reason why I brought this up, my husband is very private. You will never see pictures of me with him. He does not like me saying his name. The name that I put on the fake movie picture for this is not his real name. He made me call him Charlie Jimenez. So the fact that he let me publicly laugh about him taking too much X-lax is like truly a gift to the universe. A gift to you, but also to the entire world. (laughs) But he's fine and he's through that and he's all right. And he can still eat Nadia cakes without any... (laughs) Without any repercussions, yes. huh? He's, the only thing that was truly injured was his pride, I think. <laughs> but that just shows me what a big man he was, that his pride was injured and yet still he let you have the hilarity on it and bring it to the world. <laughs> yes. Well, let's get to know you a little better with some rapid fire questions. If you could rename yourself, what name would you pick? You know, I actually did kind of rename myself because my name is actually Abigail. It's not Abby. Oh, And your book covers say Abby. Yeah. Oh, I'm fully, I am Abby now. Um, And the reason why I changed it was not because I didn't like my name. It was because when I started working retail back when I was like 20, 21, people for some reason could not say Abigail. They kept calling me Isabel or Annabelle. And it was just so annoying that I was like, it's just Abby. Like, just call Uh me Abby. (laughs) So I changed to Abby, which is kind of funny. You know, high school, I was Abigail Hales and now I'm Abby Jimenez. It's like, I'm a totally different person. Uh I can't even find me. Like you searched, if you knew me back then before I got married. You're practically a spy. Yeah. Okay. What is the weirdest thing in your purse? 
I don't have a purse. I don't ever carry a purse. You're highly evolved. Explain this to me because I'm still the old lady carrying the purse and my kids don't carry purses. None of the young people I know carry purses. Okay. So I will tell you how this looks. I have a phone, like a wallet phone and all my debit cards and everything are in that. And it's super clunky. And my husband constantly makes fun of me. And he tells me somebody's going to like run past me on the street and snatch my phone. And I'm like, oh, I don't go anywhere. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> what street? <laughs> I know. I'm like, where do you think I am? Like, where do you think I'm at? Like, I'm on a, I'm walking around the block of my house. Like, that's about as wild as it gets for me. It's not like I'm in like a busy like train station or something. <laughs> okay. So I've got all my debit cards and stuff in there. And then whatever outfit I'm wearing, I've got my my winter jacket. I have all my stuff in the pocket. So I have like my gloves, my beanies in the pocket. I've got a small pocket on the breast that I put chapstick and like a little tube of hand sanitizer and everything's in the pockets. Funny story, my husband actually bought me this very, very nice Arctic jacket, like this very expensive mm. winter jacket. And I never wear it. And I don't wear it because I am too lazy to transfer the things from my existing jacket pockets into the new jacket. And it drives me insane. That is the same exact reason I don't use my variety of wonderful purses. <laughs> like, oh, I cannot. Like, I already know which pocket it's in. My hands know where everything is. Like, I can't. Yeah, it's very limiting. Like, it changes everything. And I do have, like, a really cute to me purse. Like, if I'm going on the book tour thing and I need to carry something around, I will carry that. Yeah. But I literally carry that thing maybe, like, two, three times a year. Okay. What do you do in the height of summer? Do you have a fishing vest or what? I might bring my little to me backpack purse, mm -hmm. but I just kind of like, just don't bring anything with me. I just yeah. really just need my debit cards and that's it. And then I leave everything in my car. I've got tampons in my car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so your car is basically your purse. Yeah, your it is. Or in your coat or your purse. Okay. I can, I can, I can understand that. <laughs> now, if you want to know the weirdest thing in my car. I do. I've got this crocheted vagina tissue holder that I mentioned in the Happy Ever After <laughs> playlist. That's a real thing. One of my followers sent me this scarf that she knitted. She was like, I want to send you a gift. I was like, oh, that's so nice. So she sends me this scarf. And then like at the bottom of the package, there's this crocheted vagina tissue holder. It's got like little thread hairs on it and everything. And I love it. And I keep it in the center console of my car. And that's my tissue holder. So that's the strangest thing in my car. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. One more thing. What is the most amazing thing you've ever won? Gosh, I never like really win anything. Oh, well, I won Cupcake Wars. There you but go. I guess that's not the same thing. It's not like a giveaway or something. I'm so out of touch. I can't remember. What do you get when you win Cupcake Wars? Is it bragging rights and money for your bakery? Or I can't remember. You get $10,000 and then, yeah, you get bragging rights. But honestly, it's so expensive going on those shows. It's like you have to win to, to break even. <laughs> yeah, you, you do. You really do. Yeah. The Food Network covers two nights in a hotel and they'll cover very basic supplies, but there's like a limit on how much they'll reimburse you for. And the reality is like, okay, well, I have to buy matching outfits for me and my co-chef. And I had to rent a U-Haul because I was Holy transporting, cow. like you can bring your own mixers. If you want certain ingredients, you bring that with you. They don't provide that. And yet you're making a thousand cupcakes. So if I want to use a really, really nice Calibo chocolate, I'm having to buy enough to make a thousand cupcakes in case I make wow. it to the final round. And I have to bring that down. I wanted to come in a few days earlier. I wanted to make sure I had all the things I needed to bring it down with me. And so they wouldn't cover 
the hotel those extra days, you end up like getting nickel and dime to death, just participate. There's just things that they just don't cover. But if you win, it's amazing. Oh, and then you're yeah. paying taxes on the $10,000. Right. That was my next question. Yeah. Oh, you paid a ton. I think I paid 40% in taxes on the winnings. My husband's like, stop entering to win the HGTV dream home. We can't afford that. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. But being able to put the True Cupcake Wars winner on everything is absolutely priceless. It's like, it's awesome. It's just priceless. You only need to do it once and now you can use it on everything forever. Yeah, I can see how that would totally be worth it. Yes. Okay, Abby. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to share our embarrassing stories, not only so that listeners feel like they're not so alone and are reminded that nobody's as fancy as they look, but also to sort of demonstrate how bonded we can become with each other when we get real and share these stories. Do you have any embarrassing stories that you could share with the listeners that have happened to you that they wouldn't know about? Oh, gosh, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Okay, I'm going to lead you a little bit then because I thought this was so funny and I'm sure all of your followers know about it, but my listeners don't necessarily. What did Lindsay do to your light switches? I think the oh, thing yeah. is you don't you just don't get embarrassed, but these are funny stories. I mean, other people would probably be embarrassed, but tell us about your light switches. Yeah, Lindsay sent this there's this company, I swear to god, Dick Switch should like they should like send, I have so many of these freaking things now because Dick Switch just keeps sending them to me because they're like, thank you for talking about us. Um, like, so, this, but I want 10%. I don't want any more dicks. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Lindsay sends me, or rather sends a package of these things called Dick Switches, which are little like switch, cut, like your light switch that flicks on and off. They're little penises and you stick them on your light switch. And she sends it to my 16 year old daughter and tells her, put them all over the house. So I like, I'm like walking around the house and there's dick switches like on every single light switch and there's, they glow in the dark. I've got flesh colored dick switches and like dick switch, like I talked about it and everybody thought it was so funny. So I ended up linking to dick switch and I think they sold like, I don't even know how many freaking little dicks they sold because I talked about it, but it was a lot. Freaking little dicks. And like, thank you so much for talking about our dicks. Here's more dicks. And so now I have like, I've got the, the ones with the little suction cups on the bottom. I've got purple ones. I've got orange ones. I've got flesh tone ones for every color. I've got cases, I, and like, cases of little dicks. I'm, not, I'm like sprinkling these into giveaways, like, like Salt Bay. Like, okay. <laughs> yes. uh, which brings me back to the book. Because Vanessa cracks herself up when she makes a joke about Adrian's mom's husband. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a spoiler, though. Yeah, we can't. Okay, never mind. But it's funny, and you should look for it and definitely think about this conversation when you learn more about Adrian's mom's husband. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, can't, I can't even touch that because it'd be like a spoiler in so many ways. Yeah, um, it would unravel. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But Lindsay's always sending me crazy stuff. She sent me a chicken, a petrified chicken nugget. For Christmas, oh, <laughs> wearing glasses and like reading a book inside of like a little snow globe thing. It was like this little—I don't even know what you call those—like a little terrarium, but it had a chicken nugget in it. I'm like, what the heck? Like, where does she even find this stuff? The whole thing with Lindsay, where we send each other weird stuff. This goes back like decade. We had this one year where we each had to take twenty dollars and go into a thrift store and buy each other their Christmas gifts on that budget. Oh, how fun! And so she sent me these red grandma pajamas and a 
plastic UFC wrestling belt and a few <laughs> kids on the block coffee table book that I still have. And she spread that $20 pretty far. <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. She sent me a glitter bomb. I've had a glitter bomb go off in my kitchen. Oh, and then my 13 year old, who is like this master of Photoshop, she's like really, really good at it. She figured out how to recreate the Stranger Things intro, you know, like with the weird music and the letters are kind of twisting in the background. And then, and then they all come together and it's a Stranger Things. Well, she figured out how to recreate that, but so that it says, Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> she's like what is this I'm like watch to the end oh my god I yes I let my my 13 year old type the word for this but I think it was worth it it was a valuable lesson in friendship I was like don't ever say that word but but I need you to make this for me <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I love it this episode is brought to you by Shelfie Shop Shelfies are loungewear that feel like pajamas, look like streetwear, and every outfit has a cozy, soft shelf bra for some support, coverage, and separation without adding bulk. And every outfit has a pocket designed specifically for comfortable and secure toting of your cell phone. I can't tell you how many of my, quote, cozy clothes outfits don't have pockets, and it drives me bonkers. So I designed my dream loungewear that I could never quite find. It's been three years in the making. You guys, this stuff is flying off the shelves. It is so much fun. I've been able to order another batch of the first collection. It will be here in a few weeks and you'll have to get it before it's gone because these are small batch limited edition collections. And once they are gone and I move on to the next collection, they will never be reproduced. Although each collection will have the consistent elements of shelfies with the shelf bra and the phone pocket and the luxurious fabric and the element of being like street legal pajamas. Use the code fancyfree at shelfieshop.com for free shipping. S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Definitely go check it out and stay cozy. You guys, I'm in the middle of reading Abby's third book that she's published, and it's called Life's Too Short. It is so much fun. The first book is called The Friend Zone. When I watch a rom-com, my husband's always looking at me like, you don't buy it, do you? Like, I'm a very hard sell when it comes to love and when it comes to authentic connection. I can't suspend my disbelief in order to enjoy the story. Like it ruins it for me if it's not authentic. It's different than other genres. So The Friend Zone is the first sort of rom-com book where I've totally just lost myself to the story and I'm like laughing and crying and feel like I've known the characters forever. And that in and of itself is amazing enough and a reason for you to read Abby's writing. But then the second book, Happily Ever After Playlist, every chapter has a song attached to it that is meaningful. So there's so much depth there. And then with this book, I don't know because I'm not to the end, but the thing that I find so unique right off the bat is the fact that, and I mean this in the most complimentary way, the chapter titles are like clickbaity headlines and they're so funny <laughs> just in and of themselves. So talk talk to me about some of that stuff. Yeah. So a little inside story about this book. So Vanessa Price is a famous inspirational YouTuber. And of course, those like YouTube videos always have these super clickbaity 
titles on them, you know, like you won't believe what happened, you know, to make you click them. So in the beginning of the book, the very first thing that the book opens up with is the Webster Dictionary definition of clickbait. And then every single chapter has a clickbaity title that reflects what's going on in the chapter. And the working title of the book was clickbait, not life's too short. And my editor thought that the word clickbait has a negative connotation. Yeah. And I don't want to give anything away, but towards the end of the book, Vanessa reflects on the word clickbait. And you do hear that word reoccurring throughout. I mean, because she's a YouTuber and that's the, one of the little tricks they use to get you to click on their videos. But she does think about the word clickbait and how that relates to her and who she is as a person. I had so much fun making those titles. So much fun. And my editor, after we decided to change the name, which I think was absolutely the right thing to do, and I love the name Life's Too Short. Yeah. She was like, well, we should probably get rid of these clickbait titles. And I was like, no. I'm so glad you didn't. I, I, I know. I'm like, I like them. I don't know. I don't want to. And so I mm-hmm. didn't. And I'm glad I didn't because everyone really seems to like it. Oh, I love it. And it totally jilts me every time I read one. And because I'm a writer and because I have to title every single episode I put out of my podcast, I know how deceptively difficult it is to write a clickbaity title. You would think it would be easy because you're just trying to like emotion, you know, manipulate someone into clicking, but to do it in so few words and to have it be somewhat original and somewhat like shocking and appealing is, I think, really hard. Was it hard for you to write those or did they just come tumbling forth out of your amazing brain? Oh, no, it took me weeks. Because even like when, you know, the Happy Ever After playlist, you know, you're talking about 40 chapters. You need 40 songs, you know, and it's the same (laughs) thing with these clickbait titles. I think this book is 32 32 chapters. And it's like, I had to come up with 32 clickbait titles for this. So I spent weeks researching like all the little, you know, take this quiz to find out which blah, blah, blah you are. (laughs) Yes. The one trick investors don't want you to know. I had to look for all of those kind of catchphrases and then make it work for what was going on in the chapter. It was very hard. Very, very hard. Wow. I just feel like you are such an energetic author because as if writing the awesome books isn't enough, then you add all these other layers. And the other thing, speaking of layers, is your characters are so authentic and their personalities are so complicated, but they're still really consistent with who you present them to be. I mean, of course, there are nuances and and surprises because that's life. But I just feel like these could be real people. And I want to know where you got your psychology degree. <laughs> how did you do, how do you do that? You know, I don't even know. And you know, so, you know, it's so funny. So I got the audiobook for Life's Too Short. They sent it to me yesterday. So I got to listen to my book oh, for the first time I'm... yesterday. And my husband, who has not read this book, this is probably of all the books I've written, the one that he knows the least about. And so we were listening to the book and he's just looking at me and he's like, how do you do this? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I really don't. Like, I, it almost feels when I listen to it, it almost feels like somebody else wrote it. Yeah, that's amazing. All I can say is that I think, you know, I'm very introverted. And I think because of that, I tend to listen more than I speak, especially when I'm in like social situations. And I don't know, like, I think maybe that helps me to absorb behavior, yep. you know, because I, I observe. And, you know, nobody is black and white. Nobody, even the villains mm-hmm. in your life not black and white. And now that I'm an adult, I even sometimes look back on like my high school bullies. And I realize, like, Oh, my God, what was that girl going through that she was like that? Yes. What kind of chaos was happening at her home to make her so mean? I know, you know, what? one time, I ended up doing this cake for this girl who was like, Oh, my God, she was totally one of my high school bullies really bad. Mm -hmm. And 
like 15 years later, I ended up making her sister's wedding cake. And I was talking to this girl and she was telling me my parents were drug addicts when I was in high school. She's like, oh. they were in and out of rehab. My parents were drug addicts. And I'm just like, like, I realized like no, nobody is black and white. You know, you, you, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what makes yeah. people the way they are, you know, yep. what has formed them or what has shaped them. And even, even something that someone else has gone through the exact same thing that someone else has gone through that you have can be completely different for you because of who you are as a person. That's right. You know, and it's yeah. Understanding like those nuances with my characters and, you know, writing that into the book. And, and I, I, that's why I really like the dual POVs too, because we get to understand not just what she's thinking, but what he's thinking as well. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I'm like, yes, I, I love going into her mind and then into his mind. So fun. Okay. Listeners, if you haven't read Abby you have to for so many reasons. But one of the other things I love about her, she writes the best sex scenes. Honestly, you guys, I'm sorry if that shocks you. But I think one of the things I love about you is there's no gratuitous grit and debauchery in your books. It all feels very natural. And you are very careful, I think, to sort of build up and save and sprinkle it in sparsely. So tell me about that. Every character is going to experience those scenes differently. You know, like in the friend zone, Kristen is, she's very comfortable with her sexuality. She can have a one night stand. That's Kristen. That's who she is. Sloan is very different. Sloan has to be in a loving relationship to be comfortable with that kind of intimacy. Every scene is going to be different depending on the character who's in it. And I just think you have to really understand who your characters are to go into those scenes. And then you just have to experience those scenes the way that they would experience them, you know? So you're not there yet, but in Life's Too Short, you know, Vanessa's hilarious. And when we get to a scene with Adrian, she's cracking you up in that scene. And my editor was actually like, I think you should take this out. I feel like it's kind of taking us out of the scene. And I was like, I'm not taking it out. Like that is who (laughs) Vanessa is. This is what she would say in this situation. And I'm not going to take it out. And I'm so glad I didn't because people that have read that scene actually tell me that that was like one of the funniest parts in the book because it was so true to she as a character. That is, I think, probably why they're so good. Your emotions are wrapped up in these people. One of the fun things in my fourth book that I am working on right now. Oh, goody. My fourth book comes out in a year and it's called A Part of Your World. And one of the fun things about this book is the book starts off with a one night stand. That's very off brand for me because as you know, like I make us earn it. It starts off with the one night stand and I love it so much. Oh, I can't wait. I love it. Yes. So Life's Too Short's available for pre-order now. Is that correct? Yes, it's available for pre-order and you can get signed copies. There's a link to, to a spot where you can get signed copies from five different indie bookstores. And please shop small, you guys, right now, because these indie bookstores are really struggling with the pandemic and trying to keep their doors open. And if you can Absolutely. buy a book from there instead of one of the bigger box stores, please do so. I love book giveaways. And I always order my books from Fact and Fiction, which is a indie bookstore here in Missoula. And so I feel like it's a win-win-win because it's good for the author and it's good for the bookstore. And of course, it's good for the reader. They love that. So I will definitely be doing a giveaway with all three of Abby's books. And I don't know how yet. You're going to have to pay attention, listeners, to find out how to win the first three of Abby's books from the Fancy Free podcast, but stay tuned. Yeah, so definitely order from an indie store. I love that. And it is it is coming out on April 6th. April 6th. Okay. Well, what excerpt do you have for us? So for a little bit of context, we're in Adrian's POV. 
And Adrian and Vanessa are sitting on the floor of his apartment and they are going through her fan mail. So Vanessa is this famous YouTube blogger and she gets a ton of fan mail. We got another one, she announced, putting a picture upside down in the dick pic pile. I shook my head with a smile. This is some job you have here, Vanessa scoffed. I just don't understand why men think we want to see that. It looks like a wrinkled elbow or something. It is not cute. Send me a picture of a puppy or cookies or something. She ripped open an envelope. If some guy sent me a picture of a cake at 2 a.m. like, hey, girl, you up? I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm up. Come over. I snorted. Is it really that common? Do women get pictures of strange men's dicks often? She tore open a pink envelope. Most of being a woman is running a gauntlet chock full of penises. She mumbled, I hope you don't send them. I picked up the next box. I have never sent a dick pic. I prefer the shock and awe of letting them see it in person. She practically cackled, and I smiled at the victory of making her laugh that hard. Just for the record, she said, I so do not believe you. I gave her an amused look. You don't believe I don't send dick pics? She shook her head, still giggling. Nope, men like you always send dick pics. I smirked, looking at the contents of my box. Large, squishy poop emoji. Men like me, huh? And exactly what kind of men is that? I held up the brown spiral and Vanessa nodded to the donate pile. The super confident, self-assured, brooding alpha male kind? I chuckled. Well, I hate to disappoint you, but as far as I am aware, my penis has never been photographed. She put her hand out. Let me see your phone. I squinted at her. What? She looked at me dead serious. Let me see it. You don't have any dick pics? What's the problem? I grinned. Okay, let me see yours. She shrugged. Fine, whatever. But no deleting anything first. We hand them over and whatever's in there is in there. No filter. Okay. I unlocked my screen and handed it to her. She grabbed at it excitedly. But then she froze and clutched it to her chest. Wait, why aren't you nervous? I cocked an eyebrow because there's nothing in there you can't see. She narrowed her eyes. This feels suspicious. Is this your burner phone? I laughed. No, what kind of guys do you date that you think I need a burner phone? I told you I don't date. I just find it awfully odd that you're not sweating bullets right now because there are no dick pics in there. Like I said, I put my hand out for her phone. She gave me a long, hard, playful glare and then slapped her cell into my palm. We both went quiet looking at each other's phones. Vanessa's cell was like the digital version of her, nothing but fun. It was bejazzled in pink rhinestones with a sparkly pop socket on the back. Her home screen was a picture of Grace wearing a little beanie with teddy bear ears. Mine was the opposite, black, functional, and with a stock lock screen, and I meant what I said. There was nothing in there she couldn't see. Her home screen had a music app, Uber, Lyft, TripAdvisor, Audible, Instagram, iFunny, and a couple of games. I tapped on her photo icon and started to scroll through. Everything in her gallery was excitement and color, pictures of resorts, the bed in the hotel room, an elephant made of towels on the comforter, a snowy small town with a huge mountain range in the backdrop, her laughing in a bikini at a swim-up bar in a pool. There are pictures of her holding a sangria on a cobblestone street, a cruise ship on blue water somewhere. My gallery was boring in comparison. I almost felt sorry for her getting the short end of the stick. It was mostly legal documents and several dozen shots of the sign in the parking garage downtown by the courthouse, so I remember where I parked. Picture of a light bulb I needed to pick up at the store, the clean ticket on a dry cleaning order. Wow, she said, looking at my screen. Sure do park a lot. I chuckled and scrolled on. There was a picture of Vanessa dressed in a milkmaid's costume of some sort under a large tent. She had an enormous stein of beer, bigger than she was. I turned the phone to her. Where is this? She looked up from my phone. Oktoberfest, Germany. Where are the pictures of Rachel? I don't have any, I admitted. She laughed. So you had a girlfriend, but she doesn't go to this school? I smirked. You don't think I had a girlfriend? She shrugged. I'm just saying. That's it. I love it. (laughs) Abby, I think I told you this before, but to add to your many talents, you could also totally be an actress. I love the way you read out loud. That was awesome. And so I'm kind of surprised that you don't record your own audiobooks, actually. Oh, no. I need professionals. Like I was listening to the audiobook (laughs) and they did accents. 
Like oh, they, that's awesome. They decided, I never wrote it this way, but they decided that Drake and Laird were going to be Australian. And honestly, it works. I love it. It was like the accent I never knew they needed. These are people that are trained, you know, they bring it to life. And I just, I don't know that I could yeah. do that. Okay. The way they do it consistently well, in all the now I have to listen to the audiobook too. That's it's so fun when it brings in another element that maybe even an element that you didn't think of but that you feel like totally fits. That's really cool. It's like a collaboration of artists. It is, yeah. And they did such a good job. The, the audio narrators for this one, it's Christine Lakin and Zachary Weber, and they nailed it. So good. Awesome. I will link to them for sure. I remember there being talk of a movie, but I haven't heard anything about that in a while. What's going on with that? Everything got slowed down because of COVID. Everything. Hollywood just grinded to a complete halt. What we did, all three of my books were picked up by Throughline Entertainment. And Throughline, just to give you an idea of how big Throughline is, that show The Great, they produced The Great on Hulu. So this is a big production company here. So they picked up my books and they are currently shopping it. And we got a really big director that I am not allowed to tell you who she is, but she's very, very big, has signed on to do the movie should it get picked up and made into a movie. So we have not sold the rights yet because we haven't even been shopping it yet. I guess what they yeah. wanted to do first, is they wanted to go around and they wanted to collect actresses that they could attach to the movie, actors that they could attach to the movie, directors. That way they bring it to these networks and they say, okay, so we've got this best-selling book and this is the director that's going to direct it. And these are all the actors that have signed up to do it. It's like a package and it makes it easier to sell. So they were going around doing that and they are just now starting to shop it this month. So fingers crossed. I think personally that it's looking very good, but you know how this kind of stuff is. Everything can go right and one thing goes wrong and it's all over. So, but I would love to see Jason and Sloan on the screen. I would love it. Oh my gosh. So would I. I'm so, I'm so there for that. That's so exciting. Now, the other thing I want to make sure we talk about is the subtle connection between your books. You have your characters and your storylines so down to the detail and there's so much interweaving but yet they're all standalone. So talk talk about that. What is a callback that you can think of that you think readers will like in Life's Too Short? Well, I absolutely love Easter eggs. So all the books will have Easter eggs. And actually, the fourth book that I'm working on, Part of Your World, there are Easter eggs from the friend zone in that book. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Things that were just casually mentioned in the friend zone that are now you're like, ah, okay, mentioned in, in that fourth book. In Life's Too Short, as you're reading, and this is not a spoiler, there's a hospital called Royum Northwestern. It's a fictional hospital in Minnesota. And there's a doctor named Neil Rasmussen, who we meet briefly in the book. Dr. Rasmussen is the villain in book number four. And Royum Northwestern is where the heroine of book number four, that's where she works. So when you're reading book four, you're like, ah, we've been there. There's also another little Easter egg. This I don't think this is spoilery at all. But as we all know, Adrian Copeland went on a date with Sloan in the Happy Raptor playlist. And then he's in a romance with Vanessa in Life's Too Short. And in Part of Your World, which is book four, the main character, Alexis, has also gone on a date with Adrian before he met Vanessa. So Adrian has dated three of the four heroines of my books. (laughs) We do get cameos of Kristen, Josh, Jason, and Sloan. Yay! Yay! That's awesome. Tell me about all the places where you are online. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm very active in Instagram stories. I try and update that every day. I do a lot of cooking, and I always share recipes of whatever I'm cooking. 
kind of like my hobby. But in my group, if you're really wanting to, you know, get an intimate interaction with me, you need to be in my group. It's called the Friend Zone Discussion Group by Abby Jimenez. You can find it. It's attached to my public Facebook page and super active in there. You can ask questions. You can engage with me. I always do exclusive giveaways in there. It's super fun and a very positive place to be on the internet. Yes. And if you're like me, I started diving in after I read the books and I was like, I need more. I need more. I want to know more about these characters. I want to know more about how she wrote this. And she does not disappoint in these groups, you guys. Talk about which groups are safe before they've read the books and which groups they should save to after. I actually have a group for each book. Friends on discussion group. That's my main group. I like the idea that all of my followers are in the friend zone. And we don't actually discuss really any spoilers in there at all. I know it's called the friend zone group, but now we, we really don't talk about the friend zone in there. It's just your friend zone. Yeah, it's just my friend zone. It's, it's yeah. just very broad. What am I doing? What books are coming out type stuff in there. So you can join that with no worry that something's going to get spoiled for you. And then after you've read each book, there's a group for the Happy Ever After playlist. And there's a group for Life's Too Short, where all we do in those groups is discuss those books. So if you want to get inside info, I'm like, you know, how I wrote this, how did I think about this? There's like, for example, in Happy Ever After Playlist group, there's a really cool thread where I talk about all of Ernie's ex-wives and who they were and, and how he, you know, ended up not with one and how he ended up with the other. It's very cool. Yeah, I love that. That is one of those things that I find really unique and special. And I mean, maybe there, maybe it is available for other authors. And, you know, it's just one of those things where if an author is a favorite and you want more and you can find more, then it's so gratifying. But you don't happen upon books where you care to find more very often, but your books are that for me, for sure. And the fact that you've thought through so much stuff that doesn't go into the book, I just love because you're and you're just totally willing to dish it out. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I know my characters very well. I know yes. them completely. I know all the side characters very well. I know what their motivations are and what drives them. And maybe that's why they feel authentic because I truly understand them as people. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a quick life hack that you've discovered that you could share with the listeners? Last time you shared a cooking life hack. That was awesome. So I used to wait on tables for, you know, a couple of years in my early twenties and I remember my boss telling me, never have an empty hand. You know, if you're walking through the restaurant, Mm. grab a dirty dish, grab a dirty plate, you know, carry napkins with you, drop things off. And I think that works really well, like just in your day-to-day life. Like if you're upstairs and you're going to go downstairs, grab the trash, you know, from one of the bathrooms, take some dirty cups, you know, whatever, like always have something in your hand. Always be moving something from one part of the house to the other. That is a very productive, very non-invasive little tweak that you could make that could make your house feel more like home and your life feel much more organized and clear some cobwebs in your head without too much disruption. I love that. Very easy. What have you been loving lately that you think the listeners would love too? I really enjoyed Bridgerton. I'm not that into historicals. I, I grew up reading them. That's how, that's like what I cut my teeth on in the romance drama was historicals, but I kind of lost interest in them. And I I really haven't read any God in probably 15 years. And everybody was talking about this show. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch it because my husband's gone for the day and I can't watch anything that we're watching together. So I'll just watch it. He doesn't care. And I just loved it. It was like romance and it was so good and all the angst and, and all the tension and the dynamics. And I just, Like, I loved it. Like, everything that I love about romance was in that show. 
Uh, okay, that's it. I, you've, you've convinced me. I have got to watch that because those are all the things I love too. Yes, the chemistry is really well done awesome. in that show. And I ended up binging. I was up till 2 a.m. like watching this. <laughs> wow. That speaks volumes. Have you experienced a crazy coincidence that you could tell us about? Did we ever talk about how I met my husband? The only thing you told me about was what happened on your first date, which was hilarious. Was that when he was like, let's get naked and I'll go first? Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) How I met my husband is a very, very large coincidence. We were both working for the same company. We were working at Express, but he was working in Newport Beach at the time. And I was all the way in Valencia, which if you live in California, that's like you'll never meet. It's like there's millions of people between you and thousands of miles. Worlds apart. Yes, worlds apart. Um, And it was right after September 11th. And I had won an award for being like best manager in my region. Nice. And so I was supposed to go to like this award ceremony where they fly you to Columbus, Ohio, where home office is, and you get to go to all these dinners and super fun. But because of September 11th, they delayed all of the conferences until January of the, you know, the year after. So basically I end up at this conference with my husband. Neither of us were supposed to be at. The only person I knew was this guy, Eddie. And I remember seeing my husband at this lounge and I was like, oh, he's so cute. And I got introduced to him, but I thought he was gay because I worked <laughs> in a women's retail clothing line and most of the men were gay. And also okay. he was like very fashionable. Very put together. Very polished, very put together, like very metrosexual. And I was like, oh, he's got to be gay. I was using all my context clues. I'm like, he's got to be gay. (laughs) He's either gay or taken. (laughs) In this particular clothing retail place I worked, the men were gay because it was women's clothing. So anyway, we were on our way back and it was September, you know, after September 11th and the months following September 11th. So security was super tight. It was this huge security line. And I was standing in the line with Eddie, like 20 people ahead of us my husband dropped a soda and he like dropped it and it exploded. Like it did like the thing and like, you know, fizzed around and it was crazy. I noticed him again and I leaned over to Eddie and I was like, oh, there's your friend. And Eddie was like, yeah, that's crazy guy. And I, and I was like, God, he's so cute. Too bad he's gay. And Eddie was like, no, he's not gay. And I'm like, oh, is it? And so, part. He going, so we keep going through the security line and they pull my husband aside and they put him in like the little clear box that they had back then when you got pulled aside and they like strip searched and they took off his belt. They took off his shoes or pulling his shirt out. They're like patting him down. So I noticed him again. You're like, Eddie, we'll have to stand here for a minute. I'm so sorry. I'm not missing this. (laughs) He's getting strip searched. And so Eddie and I are waiting at the gate and somebody comes up to us and he's like, Hey man, they're bored in my row. They only will let me board with one bag. And I already have my carry on and so-and-so gave me his bag so he could go get a burrito at the food court. And now they won't let me board because I got two bags. And he's like, can you just hold this bag until this guy comes back? And so we took this bag and we didn't ask whose bag is this? I just kind of thought, well, maybe Eddie knows whose bag it is. So then it came time to board our row and now we have an extra bag. And they wouldn't let us on the plane with this extra bag. So we go up to the check-in lady and we're like, "Um, so we have this extra bag and we don't know who it is it is and they have not come back and the lady was like okay so let me get this straight you did not pack this bag we're like no and she's like you do not know who this bag belongs to you accepted a bag from a stranger and we're like yes that is correct so they called security and they confiscated this messenger bag so eddie and i get on the plane they let us board 
And 20 minutes later, my husband boards and he is like, up okay like his shirts pulled up he's carrying his shoes his ties undone his hair, his hair sticking straight up <laughs> glasses are crooked and he stops in our row and he's got the bag oh. Says, oh god you guys aren't going to believe this and he's like man i gave my bag to alex so i could go to the food court and get a burrito and alex gave it to somebody and i don't know like they called security and i got stripped they put me in this little room and like eddie and i were like elbowing each other like don't tell them don't tell them So he ends up sitting behind us on the plane and the plane is like totally empty. And Eddie got up to go to the bathroom and my husband leaned over and goes, where did Eddie go? And I'm like, well, where did he go? He's on a plane. He went to the bathroom. My husband told me later that he just wanted to talk to me. Why are you sitting in a whole row by yourself, Eddie? And I have an extra seat. Why don't you sit here? And so he sat next to me on the plane and we talked the whole way back to California. And that's how I met my husband. Oh my gosh. So many circumstances had to line up for that to have happened. I love that. And then we flew into Scottsdale and we had like, he was flying to a different airport because again, he lived really oh, far right. from where I lived. And we flew into this airport. He was like, change your flight and fly into the same airport as me. And I was oh. like, that's crazy. Like, why would I do that? Someone's coming to pick me up. That's like a whole two hours away from where, what? Because he wanted one more hour with me. Oh. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And I wasn't even thinking about, like, I just thought I was talking to a pleasant, you know, young man on the plane. I wasn't even like really hitting on him or anything. And then when he started walking to his gate and I started walking to mine, I stopped and I turned around and he had stopped and turned around to <gasps> at each other in this terminal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And <laughs> we've been married a really long time and we're still super in love. Oh, so how did you finally catch up with each other? Two weeks later, I called him. There's this system between stores that you can call just by knowing the store number. And I knew his store number and I called him and I was like, Hey, what are you doing? And he invited me on a date and we went out and that was it. We saw each other. Gosh, I think probably every single day after that. Wow. Oh my gosh, you're so brave. Good for you. I'm so glad you did that. Yes. I told another story on my Facebook page the other day about how when I was first dating him, he had no apartment and he was sleeping on his parents' couch and there was a rooster that lived in his neighborhood. And the (laughs) rooster used to come and crow at the door at three o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And to see him, because we both live so far away from each other, his parents' house was like the central place that we could meet. So I would meet and sleep with him on the sofa. And I'd have to get up in the middle of the night and chase a rooster to like get it off the front lawn so I can go back to sleep. And it was the most ridiculous. I really love this man because I am doing this. (laughs) I am sleeping on a sofa and scolding roosters in the night. It was meant to be like when we met each other, we just knew that it was meant to be. And it was super hard in the beginning because we live so far away and it was, we had to really work to make it work, but we did. And I'm very glad we did. Oh, I love it. That's so amazing. Oh, thank you for sharing all that. Recap, where can we find you online? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please do. If you'd like to read my books in order, The Friend Zone is the first in the series. The Happy Ever After playlist is the second in the series. And the third book that is coming out April 6th is Life's Too Short. You can pre-order it now. And then I'm going to share links so that you can get a signed copy if you pre-order. Yay. Got to do that soon because that cutoff is coming really soon. And you can support it in any bookstore that way as well. My fourth book that you can expect next year that I'm already sort of chatting about is called A Part of Your World. 
And I'm really looking forward to everyone getting their hands on that one soon. Join me in my Facebook group. That's a ton of fun in there. And there's lots of perks and inside information and you get a lot of engagement with me. So if you're looking for more insider things, definitely go there. Yes. Awesome. Abby, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for being with me today. Yes, it was so much fun. And I'm so glad you asked me again. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, you guys, that was so much fun. It's just super exciting to be able to talk to Abby. Her books are right up my alley. I am absolutely devouring her third book and already super looking forward to her fourth and fifth. I'm so excited that she's continued to write. Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 88 to get all the links we discussed today. Monday on the show, we have Andrea Rosenbaum, who is actually also a designer physician who has come out with her own line of clothing. So we had a ton of fun talking and you guys will really love her episode. Remember to subscribe to the show so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. If you have a story to tell, email me at notfancy at fancyfreepodcast.com or go to fancyfreepodcast.com, click the red button and do a voice recording. And if you want more laughter, connection, and sharing, join us in the Fancy Free Facebook group. We're having so much fun over there. It's our little private slice of the internet. The question of the week this week we'll keep discussing is, if you could not fail, what would you do? Sounds like most of us would be singers (laughs) so far, but some of us have had different answers. And it's a fun question to think about. I would love it if you would follow the Fancy Free Podcast on Instagram and tell at least one friend about the show this week. Have a wonderful week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look. (laughs) 